Rebellious Studio presents the Mind Body Podcast with your host, Maria Angelova. Hey, Rebels. Welcome to the Mind Body Podcast, your rebellious podcast with me, your host, Maria, where it is all about a strong body, calm mind, healing, and fully living. It is a joy to have today my guest, Taylor Beal. Hello, Taylor. How are you doing? Hi, I'm well. How are you? I am fantastic, excited and look forward to talking to you. Um, Taylor and I connected talking on the topic of travel mm-hmm. and um, I love her insight. I love the way she was excited about travel. Um, that's obviously a common checkpoint with us mm-hmm. and um, we'll talk about travel. But before we get into travel, let's learn who you are, Taylor. So let's start with three words that describe who you are and a little bit of a backstory behind each yeah, so um, I would three words that describe me if I had to kind of narrow them down are feisty, unapologetic, and I was going between like passionate and driven, which probably are pretty common ones you hear on your podcast, I would imagine. <laughs> um, so just a little bit about me that kind of gives you the backstory of those is um, I grew up um, with three triplet brothers um, that were younger than me. So I've been like, you know, the oldest sibling for my whole life. (laughs) Um, So I grew up and um, always wanted to be a teacher. So I've been very driven, very goal oriented for my whole life. Um, And then kind of accidentally fell in love with travel um, and just became incredibly passionate about it um, and started traveling whenever I could. So I think, you know, travel is one of those things that people think they can't do often. Like it has to be this big planned out adventure and they can only do it when they have enough money to do it. And I refuse to believe that. I was like, nope, I'm feisty enough. I'm going to go travel. Um, and really the reason I chose unapologetic is because, you know, I, I like to think that I speak a lot of truth through travel and through kind of who I am as an individual. So I'm a wife, I'm a mother to two little boys. Um, you know, I teach middle schoolers, so you have to be really strong to do that too. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's every day is an adventure, right? (laughs) Um, And then also kind of just traveling throughout all those stages of my life and refusing to allow that to be something that fell by the wayside. So, yeah, you know, I am, I'm excited you brought up the point of affordability for travel, not just from a financial perspective, but also from a time perspective. And one thing I tell my clients is that you always find time and money for whatever you prioritize. So, um, you know, I recently took a big trip and people were like, but how, how did you, you know, how did you make the time? And it's like, I made the time because I wanted to take the trip. You know, if I have to go by my to-do list and everything I have to do, I will never, ever have time to travel right. or, or do anything else that I enjoy for that matter. Um, and the same, same thing, I think, goes financially. You know, yeah. I don't have a well of money that I'm just digging from, but I make it a priority and I say what's important to me, what fuels me, what fuels me, mm-hmm. and that's where the finances go. But if we say, well, I really want to travel, but... We don't prioritize neither time nor money. Um, it doesn't work. No, no, no. And like you said, I think that's everything in life. But mm-hmm. we view like I know you you speak a lot about self care, right? Too, and it's like if you don't prioritize self care, it's not going to happen. And it's the same thing with travel too. Yes. Yes. And um, Taylor, let's talk about when we talked about travel. Well, first of all, you have to share the story about your grandma because I. I am such a fan and I'll tell you like, we're changing this in our family. Um, since a few years, even when my daughter was young, we said, how about for your birthday, instead of getting your birthday or organizing a birthday party, mm-hmm. how about we spend your birthday every year in a different place? That's amazing. 
And we started that and then she got into that age where, you know, she had friends and she was going to birthday parties. She was like, no, mom. She's like, I want to have a birthday party. And I was like, well, Mara, I wish somebody would tell, offer, make that offer to me and be like, I would love to take you somewhere for your birthday every year. Yeah. But then she spent, we did a couple of years of birthday parties. And then she came back and she said, you know, mom, that offer you, you made, she's like, I think I'm going to take it. She's like, I want to travel. And let's share the story with your grandma, because I'm all about teaching my daughter about the value of experiences versus things. Yeah, I'm so lucky to have people in my life that kind of embody that idea. Um, one of them is my grandmother. So she decided, so she grew up kind of in a family that didn't have the money to really be able to travel. So she started traveling as an adult and she went to Europe, fell in love with it. Um, and she decided that for all of her grandchildren, she was going to put away a sum of money that they could use um, to take their first trip to Europe or wherever they wanted to go. Um, so I am the oldest grandchild. So I kind of was the one to like, I think I'm the only one so far to take advantage of it actually, which is kind of similar to your story. Um, but she just believes so strongly in the lessons that you can learn while you're traveling and experiencing other cultures and the memories that that'll create for you. Um, that she, she just preaches that all the time. And I was like, I have to have some of that. So um, I think I had just turned 21 and, uh, her rule was like, you had to graduate college first and you couldn't be married. She wanted you to do it while you were single, like go live your life, have the best time. Um, so my friend and I, we went to Europe, we hopped around to like five or six different countries and, uh, it was the experience of a lifetime. And she jokes now, she's like, you know, I knew it was going to be money well spent, but I didn't know it was going to be money that well spent. Right. So like, that was like the catalyst for me from like one trip to, gosh, I think I started traveling to Europe like four or five times a year. Now I have a travel blog about Europe. Like it's just turned into this whole thing that she never expected, but um, is really just a powerful legacy of how much, you know, like the power of travel and memories and creating that for your family. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think travel changes you. It changes mm -hmm. you how you see the world. It changes your perspective, which yeah. is why I'm so passionate. You know, I grew up in Eastern Europe, Bulgaria. And we were really, we were very limited to where we could travel because they didn't want us to travel to the West. Um, so I grew up traveling mostly within the country. My parents actually did love to travel. So we traveled mostly within Bulgaria. Mm -hmm. um, and then my first big trip was actually to the United States. That was quite <laughs> And then when I graduated high school, um, I had a friend, our neighbors, when we moved to the U.S., were from Brazil. Mm -hmm. So I took a trip um, to see her in Brazil. And then I met another friend uh, while I was in high school. She was in college from Colombia. So mm -hmm. I took a trip by myself and I spent two months, one month in Brazil and one month in Colombia. And that was such a phenomenal time yeah. just growing up and right. seeing how things are different. And, you know, even moving here, I mean, the United States was a different country for me. And I do have to say, you go through that shock of why are things not done the same way, right? You just assume right. things are done the same way. And then you start realizing, well, I'm in their country, so I kind of need to go along mm -hmm. with the customs and the way things are done here. Um, but it's an adjustment and it pushes you outside of your comfort zone than what you know. It really does. And it's such an exercise in like flexibility because there are so many things that are just out of your control, right? You know, you don't, it's not like you're traveling across the world with like your pillow or your favorite blanket or all your family to fall back on. It's kind of, you know, you're going with the flow and you're making the best of some maybe not so great situations, but you learn so many lessons and it, it definitely does change you. You know, like I've taken a lot of trips with students as well across the, you know, across all kinds of countries. And every time I bring them back, it's like they change into these new people who are suddenly 
you know, able to solve some of their own problems and, and, you know, see things through a different lens, which is so important. You know, you grow up in one country, you see everything one way, and then you step into a whole nother world and you're like, oh, okay, (laughs) this is completely different. And it's valuable to have those different perspectives. You know, when I took that trip to, so I was gone for two months and I arrived, my first destination was Colombia and my luggage didn't come. And I had, I was actually, it was summer in Colombia and I think winter in Brazil. So I had like summer clothes. And right. And I arrived with no clothes mm-hmm. and I was hoping my luggage would arrive and it did not. So I just arrived with the clothes I was wearing, which was quite an experience. And I was, I was, I graduated high school, so I must have been like 18-ish, somewhere there, you know, <laughs> like figuring out yeah. how to, you know, furnish a closet with, right, and all of that, so it's, it's yeah. definitely an experience, and um, you said something that I wanted to comment on, and I, oh, yes, to something else that you said, um, <clears throat> I was talking to a friend and telling her, I think it should be mandatory for all of us, whether it's when we graduate high school or at some point, um, in our life to take a trip abroad and spend like a decent amount of time, not just yeah. a couple of days, mm-hmm. maybe a week, maybe a month, and just be put on there and be like, here, figure it out. It would be, I agree. I think it would be amazing. You know, I really wish that so many people don't study abroad until they're in college and then they do. And, and it's just like this, again, whole world opens up to them. And I wish we had more opportunities for people to do that just throughout life. Um, you know, like I, I have a friend similar to kind of what you were talking about with your children, where she has decided that when they graduate eighth grade, when they graduate high school, when they graduate college, she's taking them on a trip. Right. And it's like, where do you want to go? We're going there. We're figuring it out. And yeah, you, you just figure things out in a way you weren't able to before. Um, and kids, they grow up so fast through it. You know, like you said, you're 18. What do you do? It's not like you can go home because your luggage didn't arrive. <laughs> you're there you're figuring you it, out. it out you got to get dressed somehow so right. you're gonna make it happen yes yeah. you do yeah well so you travel mostly through Europe right mm-hmm. what are some tips that you give people for a fun successful travel do you have any tips I have lots of tips um so the first tip I feel like I've been talking a lot about with people is don't over plan So, you know, we come from a society where you have so much information at your fingertips and everybody's, you know, on Facebook, like, what should I visit and where should I go eat? And how do I make this itinerary? And I don't want to miss anything. Like there's this panic of like, I'm going to go somewhere and I'm going to miss the whole thing. And I just find that that's not, that's not existent. That's not a fear that people need to have. Um, and my tip would be just go and and sure, plan things that you don't want to miss. Like I travel a lot in Amsterdam. Um, I write a lot about Amsterdam and I study the Holocaust and teach about it as well. And so seeing the Anne Frank house in Amsterdam was a big deal for me. Like I was not going there and missing that. And those tickets sell out weeks in advance, right? So sure, plan those tickets. But, you know, I think some people chart like they're every step through a city. And it's like, so you never walk around and just go see things you randomly find. And a lot of times that's where, you know, you end up eating at restaurants that are terrible because you're five feet away from the Eiffel tower. And it's like, of course that's a tourist restaurant. (laughs) Just walk around and don't plan things. And, um, you know, kind of see what you stumble upon would be one of my big tips for people. Um, and then I think kind of similar to what you said is don't try to see everything all at once. Like there is so much beauty outside of these main areas. And it's really easy to be like, I'm going to go to London and then I'm going to see Paris and then I'm going to go to Rome. 
And those places are great, but if you can spend some time kind of exploring those neighborhoods and getting a little bit further outside of them, it that's where you really get into the culture, right? Where you see things that is like daily life <laughs> and is actually, you know, not a tourist store that's like, I love Amsterdam. And <laughs> you can actually taste things that are real and, and see real Amsterdam. That, you know, that's one of the reasons why I love uh, places where I have friends or like locals where they yeah. can the local places because I don't want to go to the touristy places I mean yes to your point like if I go to Paris I'll see the Eiffel Tower right I think like one of my favorite things is um, I like to walk around and I actually love to uh, if I'm by myself I run around the city or the town or whatever just explore and see and observe people and talk to Mm -hmm. like talk to strangers you know safely obviously (laughs) and um, I'll tell you we just took a recent trip to Bali yeah. And it was like 11 p.m. when we got to the hotel and I was like, I'm just going to talk to the guy at the reception. We ended up having an hour and a half amazing conversation to where my husband came and he was like, is everything OK? I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like I'm just getting to know him. We're like besties right now. Like we're right. talking Bali and Bali culture. And, you know, it's it's so beautiful to get to know the people, like the real people, not the, this, you know, the ones that want to show you the touristy stuff, but like mm-hmm. the things that are on their hearts, the things that are on their soul to truly connect to them. Yeah. Well, and they are the people that make the country or the city what it is too. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like they, they are it. So that I think it's powerful and hearing their stories, you can't replace that. Right. It's it, like you said, it's not a tour guide who's coached on what to say. It's people in their real life experiences. And that's you like sharing part of their story. Right. You don't forget that. Like, I'll I'll never forget. I was touring um, Auschwitz once, which is like the biggest concentration camp. Um, I was there for, you know, a Holocaust tour. And the woman that toured us around her, her aunts had perished in the camp. And so it was this powerful connection that she had. And I'll never forget that. And then we saw a Holocaust survivor there. Like you, you don't forget those types of experiences, but you're not going to get them if you're just, you know, jumping from place to place and checking things off your list for the sake of checking them off. And, you know, to the first point that you made about overbooking, like I, I'm just going to use the trip we took, you know, we did have, I had a list of things I wanted to see, Mm -hmm. but then there were sporadically. So it was like, do something, take a day off and just walk around, try the local ice cream, get like a local coffee shop. And, and it's so interesting that um, you mentioned the planning, because if you think in the past, we didn't have the phone where we could check the Google reviews and the mm-hmm. Google map is you had a map and, you know, I love because I have to have the map turned into the way that I'm walking. Otherwise I cannot follow. I do too. <laughs> and it's like, we'll be in the middle of Paris. I remember with my mom, I'm like, mom, I can't figure out which way the map needs to be turned. <laughs> and like you said, some part of the fun is walking into a place that might have horrible Google reviews. Right. Yeah. But yeah. It's part of the experience. Oh, this is what sucky whatever food is instead of the gourmet, especially like the touristy food, you know, like I want the local stuff, the real stuff. Yes. And also like, I see so many people just trying to like in the U S right. We try to maximize every second we have. And I think that's great in some areas, but there is something to be said in other countries for slowing down and the way they live their life at a different pace. And everybody I see on Facebook is like, well, how can I get there quickly in public transportation? And I, my only answer is always just walk. Like, you don't have to get there in 10 seconds. Just take time to walk and see what you see. And 
it sounds like such a simple tip or piece of advice that people are like, oh, okay, you know, I don't really need that. Um, but you miss so much if you're just take, you know, jumping on a train to get there as fast as you can get there. So, you know, I do wellness retreats and uh, one of the suggestions that I make is put your phone away. Put your laptop away, put your phone away. And Mm -hmm. it's very interesting. The first day people are still, you know, like checking emails, checking texts. Mm -hmm. The second day, it's about half the day. They're kind of checking it. By the day, they're like, oh, I really don't care. And they, by the time it's time to come back, they're like, I don't want to go back because they've let go. And they, you know, then they can really experience like, oh, this is what letting go is, you know, like have people going on vacations. They're like, I'm just going to work in the morning. Oh, this vacation, this is your downtime. This is your time to explore and disconnect and interconnect. Right. Yeah. And take the time. I'm a huge fan of walking. So if I can walk everywhere, um, my husband and daughter laugh. They say, if mom can make us walk to Mexico, she would. (laughs) (laughs) That's not a terrible thing. I mean, hey, you get a lot of calories burned, a lot of exercise, a lot of time to think, right? Sometimes the silence is just, you know, it's worth it. It's totally worth it. Totally worth it. So fun. All right, Taylor, I have to ask you, what's your definition of rebellious? (laughs) Um, So my definition of rebellious is doing things and not apologizing for them, I think. Um, So like the, the way that I look at it, I think a lot about connotations since I, you know, work with English and schools and things like that. And I think I love that you use this word rebellious in a different way, because I think over time, rebellious has this connotation that is just so negative, right? Like that kid is so rebellious or your toddler is often rebellious, or I can't believe that, you know, she dares to be that rebellious. And, you know, in my experience growing up, it really was kind of that negative thing. Um, But for me, you know, I would love to see the connotation around that word change to it being like, I'm speaking my truth and and I don't have to apologize for it. Like I, you know, whether it fits into what you think or not. I don't have to water it down. I don't have to explain myself. And it kind of means for me to doing things that aren't typical. Um, so, you know, like in, in the US, we have all these ideas and kind of all over the world of what people should be in their certain roles. Um, so one thing I talk about a lot is I am a mom and I am a wife. And, um, you know, one of my kids is just, has just turned one. Um, and so I breastfed him for a whole year and I was supposed to go to Europe before he was finished breastfeeding. And I was like, you know, people were like, how are you going to do that? You can't go, you can't do that. I was like, yes, I am. I'm a person and I'm also a mom. Right. But it was this big rebellious idea of like, you can't possibly do that. You know, you have to put your kids first. I'm like, but putting my kids first is also caring for myself, having self-care, taking care of who I am. And it was the first trip since COVID, right? So it had been years since I had been abroad. And um, I just made the decision to be rebellious, right? I was like, I don't have to apologize for this. I can be both of these things. I don't have to fit into, you know, these ideas of what you think I have to be. Yeah. And you know, in the example that you use, like so many times I see that, especially I think for moms, the guilt, the mom's guilt. Yes. Somebody says, if like, what do you mean you're not breastfeeding? You know, and there, there are so many reasons why maybe you cannot breastfeed, right? Right. Yeah. So to get that kind of extra guilt on top of that, mm-hmm. and also to know that, like, in some ways, my ways maybe of raising my daughter are unconventional, and yeah. maybe people don't agree with them, 
but they are different and I think they work for me and for my family. So it's, yeah. you know, whatever is right for you and for your family. A hundred percent. And I think there's a big, something big to be said for this idea, you know, like you said, the mom guilt, right? If I can be a voice for one person, like I wrote about my experience, um, pumping all over Europe and I had friends with me who were so supportive and helpful. Um, like I literally have a photo of me pumping under the Eiffel tower at night. (laughs) It's like wild, right? Like moms in the wild with their breast pumps. It's insane. Um, but like, if I can get one mom, right. To feel like, okay, I can, I can be this person and I can do that. And you can think it's unconventional, but I'm going to do it anyway. Then I think that's powerful. And that's how we create women who can self-care and be other things at the same time, which is important. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know if that's still the case, but I remember when I was little, I mean, women back home would breastfeed in the park, you know, they'll just cook up and it was not looked awkwardly. It was not looked down. It was not looked as weird. It was just a natural thing that that you do. So, but again, that's cultural too, right? Different cultures, yes. even breastfeeding differently. Mm-hmm. So, and that's another great example of culturally how things are different. Oh, for sure, definitely. Great, great, great. All right, Taylor. Um, favorite quote or advice you shared? Some advice? Any other advice you want to share or a piece of inspiration with our listeners? Yeah. So I had a hard time thinking about this part. Like I, you know, I'm a words person. Like I read all the time. I'm, I'm super like a quote oriented person. Um, but I'm one thing that I think has been powerful for me, um, actually is my dad, his piece of advice to me. Um, so he always taught us growing up, um, you never hesitate to spend money on four things. Um, and I think I disagree with him on like one or two of the things, but he said, health, retirement, education, and memories. And that's kind of been a really big driving force in my life. Um, Specifically the memories part, as I kind of think about travel and look to impart that on my kids. And it goes back to our, you know, the beginning of our conversation, I can choose to prioritize memories and travel with my kids. Um, But if I don't, it's never going to happen, right? There's always going to be bills to pay. There's always going to be things to do. There's always going to be a new car to buy. Um, But those memories, like seeing someone model for me that those memories are important and they're worthwhile and they're worth spending the time on, um, is something that I would love to share with everyone. I think if everybody realized that it would really help people capture, you know, the fact that time is fleeting and those memories are worth the money and the time. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, when I think back of my memories with my parents, yes, we traveled with in Bulgaria, but Every summer we spent two weeks at the beach. Every winter we spent one week in the mountains. And I remember that. I mean, yeah. it was like it was anticipated, highly anticipated time. Mm-hmm. And those are some of my best memories. You know, we were in a little car, all of us, <laughs> actually with my aunt and cousin. I mean, yeah. you no, know, now we have these big cars and we're like, it's uncomfortable. I'm like, oh, we yeah. had, like on top of each other, there was no AC, there yep. was no radio. There was no phones. We sang and recited poems and had to talk to each other. I mean, God forbid, <laughs> it was, right? It was a totally different experience. But yeah. you're right; those are the things that I remember. Those are the yeah. things that make me smile when I think about my childhood. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's the same thing. We always went camping with my grandparents, and um, we were in those like little pop up campers that had same thing, no AC. We were all right next to each other, and now I'm like, yeah, that doesn't sound very. <laughs> I would love some air conditioning. I want to stay in the hotel next door. Yeah, really. You guys have fun. I'll be over there. (laughs) But it's true. You know, you remember those for your whole life. And then you also have the photos. You know, now I think we didn't have the whole 
digital cameras and all the Google photos and everything. But now those photos live on forever. And um, I think that's so cool. Like I, I just hoard photos of memories and yeah, I used to, when my daughter was born, I was so organized. I used to print them and put them in albums. And Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm about 20,000 photos behind and uh, yeah. probably 10 years, but I will catch up one day. I haven't even done one. So you're ahead of me. I have no baby books done. <laughs> so Yes, I'm ahead of you in that. Yeah. <laughs> She's one and a half. <laughs> there you go. 10 years to go. Um, Taylor, where can people follow you and find you and follow your journey or even get advice if they want to travel, especially to Europe? Yeah, so um, the main place you can get um, all the information that I share and kind of get in touch with me is through my blog. So my blog is called Traverse with Taylor. Um, so I'm owner and author of that. You can find me at traversewithtaylor.com. Uh, I also am on like all the main social media um, channels. So Instagram, same thing, TikToks. Facebook. Um, I'm all over. And then uh, my email and everything, contact information is linked on my blog. And um, I just, I love helping people plan their trips to Europe. So <laughs> happy to help. And uh, yeah, there's some good tips on there. Yeah. Well, Taylor, I am so grateful for your time. I wish you continuous success and continuous adventure traveling around the world. Thank, Thank you for you. sharing those we do. I'm sure we'll stay in touch and uh, seeing where the world takes you and where it takes me and where it takes our listeners. And you rebels, thank you for listening. If you have any questions, make sure to share those below. And of course, follow us. Make sure to tune in next time. Meanwhile, make it a rebellious thing. Have a good one. Thanks for tuning in. Can't get enough of those rebellious conversations? Do make sure you subscribe, like, and share with your friends.